So here's how the sermon's going to go today. First, we're going to talk about the scripture. Then we're going to talk about the news. And then we're going to talk about us. First, the scripture. That was a long text. One of the many, many table stories in the Gospel of Luke. We keep seeing these stories come up. Jesus sitting at a table and in the midst of a meal, he'll break into a story. He'll create a confrontation. Somebody will interrupt the meal, needing help, needing healing. There's so much happening in this text. It begins with this man who has dropsy and Jesus heals him on the Sabbath, which is offensive to Jesus's religious host. And if that was not offensive enough, Jesus starts talking out loud about something he's observed in private. He's been to a few of these religious leaders' parties at this point, these, these clergy clusters, that's what we call them now, and he knows the playbook. They show up, they brag about their recent ministerial accomplishments, about attendance at the synagogue and the offering last week. When it's time to eat, they survey the room, which seats are open. I don't think I want to sit by them. They're kind of boring. Oh, there's somebody that'll help me out. And they sit where their career can be advanced by people they need to hobnob with. Where are the important seats at the table? Oh, they act humble about it. We clergy are good at acting humble. Brag all you want, it's cool, so long as you end with, God has really blessed me. <laughs> Except the seat of honor, but oh, thank you, God, for giving me such a great honor. But Jesus, well, he sees through the charade, he disrupts their order, their way of doing things, and says to them, when you go to parties like this one, seek the low places, not the seats of honor. First of all, how embarrassing would it be if you sat at the head of the table and the host comes and says, no, I'm sorry, that seat is reserved for someone more important than you. Come, come to the cheap seats. But even more than just being embarrassed, you've got this whole religious thing wrong, Jesus says. If you want to exalt yourself, it sounds counterintuitive, but you want to exalt yourself, Jesus says, humble Yourself. And if you throw a party, don't invite your friends and your rich neighbors. Invite the poor, the blind, the lame. Right there in the gospel, that's what Jesus says. Invite those who cannot repay you. If you want to be righteous, don't move up the social ladder. Bless those who cannot bless you in return. And can you imagine the look on these religious men's faces when Jesus says this? Reject the seats of honor? That's no way to move up in this world. And out of nowhere, while they are disgusted with Jesus' advice, our guest from earlier interrupts the banquet. Blessed is anyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God. It's odd, isn't it? Standing up in the middle of a meal shouting anything, let alone that. If the Gospel of Luke has a theme sentence, though, I think this is it. I think this is what the Gospel of Luke is trying to do with every story and every line for us to see. Blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But in case we don't quite understand what this party interrupter is saying, Jesus tells us a parable because, well, that's going to clear things up. Someone gave a great party. Jesus says. 
He invites many, but everyone has excuses. I, I need to mow the lawn. It's the first nice warm day all fall. I, I gotta cut my fingernails. It's been too long and I'm just scratching everyone I touch. I'm busy uh, searching for deals. I need a good deal on an entertainment center on Craigslist or one straight from scripture. I just got married and well, we've got plans. Everyone this guy invites turns the invitation down. No time for a party. They've got work to do. But he's already bought the food. Two entire cows he's been slow roasting for days. Four lambs, 15 kegs of beer, 50 bottles of wine, and 10 huge Costco cakes. Someone needs to come to this party. And so the party thrower, incensed at these supposed friends and family who turned him down, tells the staff to go out and invite everyone you can. That woman at the corner of MLK, I-35 on-ramp, I bet she'll like to come to a party. The folks that are south of town in that kind of rundown shack, I'm not sure they even have power. Invite them. The, the line at the food pantry, they're hungry. Tell them to come to the party. The folks in the waiting room up at Broadlawns, I bet they need a party. The down, the out, the outcast, the left behind, the sick, the injured. Invite them. They'll eat the banquet. And so the staff goes out and they invite everyone and they all come. But they're still Room. There's still sheet cakes left. So the party host says, go out, invite more. Everyone you see, listen to what he actually says in the text. Go out into the roads and lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. It's not a party in the kingdom of God unless the house is filled. So they make another round of invites to the clinics and halfway houses, the shelters, the encampments down by the river. More and more people come until the party is bursting at the seams and every keg empty, every bottle discarded, every sheet cake gone. Even that icing on the edge licked up every cow eaten to the bone. And those who turned down the best party they had ever been invited to are left to wonder what were they thinking and this, Jesus says, well, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Not the clergy party of privilege, positioning, and power plays, but the party of outcast and rejects bursting to the seams. This party is the kingdom of God. That's today's scripture. Now on to the news. Maybe you saw the local story about the pastor not very far from here with a bulletproof pulpit. Now, not far from here, South Des Moines, he has a magnetic gun holder behind the pulpit where he keeps his gun. In these days of synagogue and church shootings, it's appalling that we'd even need to consider such things. But is the proper response to shootings in houses of worship bulletproof pulpits? This is just the surface of the news this week, really. We're still talking about that caravan of migrants that are supposedly heading our way. Some are fearful they're coming to invade our country, when in reality they are migrants fleeing violence in Central America. I read some of the stories this week of things they face, gang violence, cops turning the other way, or perhaps even joining in on the gangs. And I've wondered, a few weeks ago I told you about that Honduran woman I met years ago in high school, Olympia. I've wondered all week if Olympia is walking with them. People searching for a new life. They're seeking safety, bread, home, and we are scared of them. 
Send the military to threaten to shoot them dead if they throw rocks when all they want to do is live. Also in the news, there's a story of that white man who tried to break into a black church in Kentucky. He failed, thank the Lord, but then went to Kroger and murdered black grandparents, a grandma and a grandfather shopping at their local grocery store. A white person fearing for their life looked at him and he told them, it's okay, white people don't kill other white people. There's a Florida man who made pipe bombs in his van, mailed them to his political enemies. The largest political assassination attempt in U.S. history. And then that story of our dear Jewish sisters and brothers murdered as they worshipped just yesterday, as Roger mentioned. A man who had been posting the worst kind of hate messages against women, vile Things, then breaks into a yoga studio in Tallahassee, shoots and kills seemingly random women out of his hate, a college professor and a college student from Florida State University. But the leading story this week with all the injustice and violence, this hate, is how will it affect midterm elections this Tuesday? It's almost laughable if it wasn't so painful. What seems like in Jesus' gospel to be this playful story of arrogant men trying to one-up each other. We kind of giggle at their ridiculous behavior. Yet it seems we play out into extremes these days in this political no-holds-bar cage match as we fight for political seats of honor in capitals around our state and country. It's been a hard few weeks in the news. But what about us? We heard the text. We've watched the news. What about us? What do we do? Now, last I checked, uh, Gary, there's no plans for a bulletproof pulpit in our building renovations. There's a lot of random stuff in the back of this pulpit for sure. I got a candle and a first place ribbon for some reason. Uh, But no gun holder. What should we do? We ask, but we know the answer, don't we? I mean, we know the answer. It's what the woman shouted in the middle of this fancy party. Blessed is anyone who eats in the kingdom, eats bread in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus tells this parable and reminds us of what the kingdom of God is. Where is the kingdom of God? Where is this bread? Well, it's not with the you and those who will repay you, those who will donate to your cause, promote you, praise you. It's not with the middle class or the swing voters. It's not with people who look and think like you look and think in the scripture. In the scripture, from the beginning until the end, the kingdom of God is always with the poor, with the lame, with the sick, with the outcast, whoever that outcast might be. It's with a group of Jews who are migrants themselves, wandering out of Egypt, fleeing slavery. It's with people who are captive by invading countries, needing to escape and be exiles in another country. It's with the Samaritans, and it's with the lepers, and it's with all the outcasts that Jesus continues to sit down with and dine. These hungry, thirsty people looking for love and home and table. It's with those different than you, even your enemies, even those whom you will never invite to a party. That's where Jesus is preparing a party, throwing a party, setting a table. See, the kingdom of God isn't about being in the right place 
with the right people and the right beliefs. It's about following Jesus wherever Jesus is, being with Jesus where Jesus is. If it's honor you're seeking, then sit by Jesus because he's sitting right beside your political enemy. He's pulled up a chair in the midst of those you're told to hate and fear. He's sitting right by those you've been taught to reject. He's throwing a party for them. And you're invited as a guest to eat, to dine, but also to witness, to see what it means to be in the kingdom of God. What does it look like? This is it, Jesus says. So if you want to participate, humble yourself. Take your place by the Savior and eat bread and be blessed. For blessed is anyone, everyone, who eats bread in the kingdom of God. Maybe we need to take the advice of our guests this morning and say that out loud today. Repeat after me. Blessed is anyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God. For blessed is anyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God. That's is the gospel. Amen? Amen. And let us join in our song before communion number four, one, three. Take our bread. <laughs>